Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of the Kumbaya Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me today with my very, very good friend, Nicole Schwartz of Beyond Birth Collective. She is an um, a lactation consultant, and I am absolutely so pleased to have her with us today. I cannot wait for this conversation. So let's just dive right in. Nicole, I would love for you to tell us about yourself and your journey to become a lactation consultant. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, so I had my daughter in 2012. And I was not a lactation consultant at the time. She was my first child. And I remember going into it thinking, okay, I, I want a breastfeeder. I want to try. I don't think I'm going to like it, but um, I'm going to try. <laughs> so I took a prenatal class and I was like, okay, this will be easy, right? And um, well, we had a really difficult journey. It was, we had struggles for about three I saw lactation consultants. Um, I was dealing with some postpartum mental health things and it was really hard. And at the time I um, was working in healthcare, but I, I wanted to do something different. I was on the administrative side of things and I had been kind of searching for a different career path. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, after we got past the three months and things started to go better for us, um, I really started to love breastfeeding. And um, I surpassed my goal of getting to a year. Um, and then I kind of became addicted to breastfeeding. You know, I just loved learning about it. And um, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I want to help moms breastfeed. So I started looking into it and um, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I have a biology degree, so I had a science background. So I had a lot of the coursework done already. I just really started, you know, doing, I did my hours, my clinical hours and was studying on the side while I was taking care of my daughter and working. And um, I, I just loved it. So I guess it's, you know, a lot of us end up in this career kind of the same way. It's mm -hmm. something we come to later in life after we've been through our own experiences, breastfeeding. And um, yeah, that's how I got here. Yeah, I have to say that you are an absolute gift. And I really, truly believe you found your calling because you are magical. <laughs> and, I, and I truly mean that. You guys, Nicole is, a, I say, a really dear friend of mine, but she helped me with my second baby. My first little one, I had zero issues with breastfeeding, really none. And so when I was preparing for the second baby, we literally had gotten rid of all the bottles because my first daughter did not take to a bottle. So I just breastfed the entire time. I did, I think I kept my, I did have my pump. So I kept that but we literally did not have any bottles. We didn't have anything because I just thought, oh, we're not even going to bother. I'm just going to, you know, do kind of the same thing. And then excuse my language, but shit hit the fan. And 
call help. So I'll get I'll get to that. But um, so I guess my first question is why should anyone see a lactation consultant individually? I feel like there is so much information on Instagram and Facebook moms groups and social media in general that it almost seems like people think that they can just kind of DIY it, right? And I mean, there's so much, I think it seems like good content put out there. So what would be the benefit of, of seeing someone individually? Yeah. And back in 2012, I don't remember, I don't, I don't even think I was on Instagram when I had my daughter, I think I was on Facebook and some groups and it, it is helpful to have peer to peer support and definitely have talk with friends that are going through it as well and can give you tips um, about breastfeeding. But, you know, there's just so many individual things that are nuanced. Like no mom I work with is the same as the next mom. There's always, and I'm always learning new things and I'm seeing new things. And, you know, some things you just, it's like Dr. Google, you can't, you can Google anything and you're going to get a million answers. There is good, you know, education out there, but then there's bad. And so you don't always know if you're getting the good information or the bad information. And I have a Instagram page and I put out a lot of content and there's a lot of great IBCLCs out there and lactation educators. But, you know, sometimes you might be following somebody that's not giving, you know, research-based information or just old information. And, you know, it might not apply to you and you might think it does, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, when I see somebody individually, I am, they have my full attention. I'm getting a full history, you know, of them and their baby. And that, I ask a lot of questions. So we're kind of, I think lactation consultants are kind of like detectives. We have to get a lot of information and that can tell us a lot of different things. Um, And nobody has the same medical history, the same birth story and history. You know, there's so many things that can play a role in what's going on in your breastfeeding journey. Mm. And that's where getting individual support is really helpful. And then we give you an individual care plan and I stay in close contact with all my clients. You know, I'm checking up on you and um, you just, you get somebody there that is along with you on the journey. So I appreciated that too. And I worked with you, how you were texting me. It wasn't just me texting you and reaching out with questions or when things popped up, but you really were so attentive and so just checking in all the time. And that really speaks to me about um, how every person is different. Cause I see the same thing in my practice where, you know, you can learn that exercise, you could do this, but something that you found on um, social media, but the benefit of seeing a pelvic PT sounds like just with a lactation consultant is that individualized assessment. You're actually looking at their boob or their nipple shape or just even an anatomically of the nuances. Yeah. yeah, where that's different. And the same with us, like we're looking at what their body is showing us in that moment and what they need right then. So maybe that exercise would be great, but not right now in right. a little bit. And yeah, so yeah. 
And so, there's some great general, you know, information you can get out there, of course. But if you, especially if you're having a difficult time, you know, every dyad is, is so unique. And, you know, even from baby to baby, like you said, you had two totally different nursing experiences. So I see a lot of moms that are on their second, third, fourth baby, and they didn't have any issues with the first three or the first two. And then this little individual person comes along and everything changes. So, you know, it's not just for first time parents too. So every baby is different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it makes so much sense, but I think that's the old paradigm with regard to parenting and, and just how we view children, I think in general is that, oh, seen but not heard. And, and they're not really themselves until they're older, you know, at some point, but no, they're really their own little being, their own little person and so individual right from the get-go. And so that, that really makes a lot of sense. So what if, um, so I had two home births, so this was not an issue for me, but if you give birth in the hospital, I hear a lot of people say, oh yeah, well, I saw a lactation consultant in the hospital. So why is that enough? Is that not enough? Why? And you should definitely ask to see the lactation consultant in the hospital, um, you know, and say you want that help. You know, they can help you if you're having a hard time latching baby, or they can tell you how the latch is looking or like, you know, just give you some encouragement. But really, once you go home, it's like a totally different ball game. Mm. So <laughs> the first couple of days, you know, your baby's going to be sleepier and you still have your colostrum. So you have, you know, small quantities of milk and, you know, you're both recovering. So when you get home, you know, your milk starts coming in. You don't have the nurses there checking on you. You know, you're, you're doing it yourself. And things change really quickly with babies. So, you know, you might think you're catching your baby's feeding cues, but you're really not. Or you may think they're getting milk, but they're really not. And just so many things can change very quickly with mm -hmm. baby. So it's always like super helpful to have somebody lined up that you can see once you get home, like in that first week. It's kind of like, they, they tell you, okay, get your baby to the pediatrician within like 48 hours of leaving the hospital. Well, that's to do a well check, right? Because yeah. things change quickly. And so feeding should be the same thing. And your pediatrician can, you know, check the well-being of your baby and see that they're gaining weight. But pediatricians aren't breastfeeding experts. Some of, there are some that are IBCLCs and that have taken extra breastfeeding education, but mm. that's not their primary focus. So, you know, and they're there to take care of your baby. So they're not going to be able to help mom that has cracked and sore nipples or is wondering if her milk came in. Right. So there's two people, two, it takes two people to breastfeed, right? So mm. both of those people need to be taken care of. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where I, we had the trouble with Annika with my second was that it was in between pediatrician visits. It was between like her first and her second visit, or maybe in between her second and third, you have two right in the beginning. And then I remember 
they measured her and she was fine and her weight was doing okay. And then I remember it was like a Thursday or Friday and then it was going to go all the weekend until like the next Wednesday was my appointment. And I started noticing that her pee diapers were less and less, like they were increasing for a while. And then all of a sudden it was less pee diapers this day and then the last day. And so I, I mean, I was so appreciative that you came over with your scale and immediately could tell me, yeah, she's not getting enough. You're not getting your milk in. And we ended up supplementing for about what four days, maybe five days. It wasn't that long, but it felt like an eternity. You know, you just, you feel awful. And I remember you were so kind and so so gentle with me as you know you're just like a mental basket case at that point anyway with all the hormones but um yes and I just could not help myself thinking if I didn't have you already on my side part of my team what would I have done even if I had made it to Monday to call and move my appointment up to Monday that baby would have gone you know Saturday and Sunday without getting enough milk and then I'm stressed out with her crying all the time and and I mean I just knew something was wrong when her pee diapers were less or like the pee was more yellow or something. And I just, I just knew, you know, something wasn't good. So yes, absolutely. Um, and I know here at Renew Pelvic Health, we really believe in prevention and um, we love to work with people before issues arise. We love yeah. to work with people before they have elective surgery, if you know, it's coming up obviously, um, or even before they have their baby during pregnancy. I would love to hear your thoughts on seeing a lactation consultant during pregnancy. So even before you've technically begun your, your breastfeeding journey, do you believe in that? And obviously I, I kind of know the answer, <laughs> um, but um, why, like what or would be some things that you could work on, you could help someone with during pregnancy? Absolutely. I get so excited when people contact me and they're like, I'm still pregnant, but I just when I have a prenatal, I'm like, yes, you know, like, this is great, you know, educating beforehand. And it's just the biggest thing about that for me is like giving them the confidence to go into it. And, you know, we all have ideas in our head about how the birth is going to go and how we want it to go. But the reality is sometimes it doesn't go that way. And, um, you know, and the same is for breastfeeding. We might have intentions of exclusively breastfeeding, but, you know, maybe we had to have an emergency C-section and then our baby was separated from us. There's just so many things. And I'm not, I don't, I don't do scare tactics, but it's like, okay, this is our plan going into it. This is plan A, Mm -hmm. but if something goes awry, this is our plan B. Because I think that's a lot of times in the beginning, like those first couple of weeks are so important for setting up your milk supply. And that's like those foundational days are so important and you can't get those back. So I think a lot of times, you know, parents think, oh, this is going to be easy, right? You just put the baby to the breast and then something happens that they weren't planning on happening and then they don't know what to do. And in that moment, you're sleep deprived, you're tired, you're, you have this new baby that you're taking care of and like all these things going on and you just can't think clearly. So Mm. having a plan going in is so important. Um, And, you know, you just don't, you don't know what you don't know. Like you can read books on breastfeeding. My prenatals different than other people's, you know, I have an hour and a half with you. So I like get down to, to the nitty gritty, (laughs) you know, like, 
okay, these are the important things you need to know about the first couple days to get you through those first couple days. And, you know, this is how milk supply works. And these are things to look out for your, with your baby, you know, to tell you that they're getting enough milk, you know, and some of the most important things I teach are hand expression. Mm -hmm. Enough women do not know how to hand express. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's so helpful in the beginning and those early days for getting your colostrum. Mm -hmm. And it, sometimes when your baby's not latching, that's the only way you can get milk out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, just teaching women that and having them get comfortable with Mm -hmm. that before the baby comes. Um, And some women too are interested in expressing some colostrum before their birth. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can discuss if that's a good idea for them or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be safe for some women to do that. and yeah, then, you don't blanket, you don't say like it's safe for everyone though. Right. If you have a high risk pregnancy or certain situations, it's not recommended. Yeah. So that's not something I suggest you just go and do without talking to either an IBCLC about your specific situation or your OB. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some moms, it can be, especially, you know, there's been a study, they did it with women that have uh, diabetes and, um, the, they had good outcomes and they found that it was safe to do. So there's some circumstances where it is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just, you know, getting a relationship with a lactation consultant. So you're not on Google panicking, you know, you're about to leave the hospital and you're about to go home and you need help. And then trying to find somebody. So you already have me in your phone. You can text me from the hospital. Hey, I had my baby. You know, let's set something up. So that some stress off of you. <laughs> and Absolutely. we've already met. So there's a more of a comfort level. And I know your full medical history. Um, and that's another thing too. Like I get a full medical history during my prenatals. So if there's anything that's a red flag or that might um, predispose you to low milk supply, then we can, we know that right now. So we can have a plan again. It's all about a plan and, and having confidence. Yeah. Um, and then also along with that is kind of um, just like having that reassurance that you know what to do. Mm-hmm. So. I totally agree. And it just makes it so much more seamless going from, okay, I've had my baby, send a text, you know, we're on our way home. When should I check in with you? Or um, like you said, and just knowing that they've met you before, I try to tell, I do tell all my patients, I try to get everyone to work with a lactation consultant during pregnancy. As soon as I know you know, as soon as, you know, someone who's pregnant comes in, I always, always just say, get this started. It's kind of like pelvic health, right? Or, or pelvic region in general. In our society, we have such as taboo and shame around the area. We don't talk about it. We don't get help. Well, it's kind of like breastfeeding as well. We don't see enough people breastfeeding in public or even in private. You know, we just, yeah. it, it's something that we don't just know. We don't know how milk supply works. We don't know the, all the different latches that you can do. And even the, the um, 
like the hunger cues. I feel like I had no idea that, I mean, rooting, you can kind of tell, but there were, uh, you know, now I'm, they're not on the top of my head anymore, but you know, it's like when the, by the time they're clenching their fists, oh, they're, they're already, they're hungry. Like they're, you missed it, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. the, the things are. So I just think the more it, that we support women, it's just, oh. And it's, and it's, I've seen, I've had prenatals with moms. It wasn't their first, but um, the first time around, it didn't go well. So where they, they had low supply. So they want to know proactively now, okay, this is what happened the first time. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I did. What can I do different this time? Right. Um, and that's just so empowering when you, you have this plan and like, you're just not left in the dust. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you, you said it too, where your OB is there to get the baby out safely and to protect the mom's body. And then you go over to the pediatrician and they're about the health of the baby. So yeah, they've got the scales and they can weigh, but it's not like they're nuanced with how do we feed them through the breast or through pumping and, and express milk. It, you know, really they don't need to know that because you have formula and they could just say, oh, we'll just make sure you your baby's getting enough, but you're that kind of amazing person that can help with that journey and help both the mom and the baby and, and be an advocate for them both and, and such a resource. It's amazing. And, you know, I, I worked at a pediatric office and the doctors there were super supportive of breastfeeding. Obviously they had IBC CLCs on staff, but, um, you know, their main job is to make sure the baby is healthy. And feeding is one aspect of that, but there's so many other things they have to check. So, and they just don't have the time. Like I spend an entire hour and a half the first visit and like I do home visits too. So I can come to your home and like, okay, show me where you're nursing your baby in the specific chair. Like what is actually happening? Um, So it's, you know, nothing like the pediatricians are there to make sure your baby's healthy and safe, but they can't dig in deep with you on the lactation part and you're feeding your baby, you know, 12 times a day. Sometimes, you know, it's a big part of your life. And the thing I hear most often from new parents is like, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Like I had no idea. Like I thought you just breastfed your baby. Yeah. Pop them on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I didn't grow up on a farm and knew about colostrum and, you know, we bred goats. And so I, I kind of knew all these, some of that stuff, but I did not know anything about, yeah, like the milk supply and all that. And yeah, it's just, we don't talk about it. And like you said, we don't know what we don't know. And it's this, you know, women, we need more support. There's no problem with getting support. And I feel like this is an area that is just, oh, we, we need more and when's the last time you saw somebody breastfeeding in public yeah like it's so rare that I see it that I actually get so excited and then I go up to the mom and they probably I probably weird them out but I'm like (laughs) for breastfeeding in public yes I'm a lactation consultant and sometimes they'll just look at me like (laughs) crazy but I'm guilty I'm literally guilty we just went to Fernbank today we're here in Atlanta (laughs) went to Fernbank and my two-year-old was losing her shit. Like she's like, I don't usually swear this much, sorry. But <laughs> so she was losing it. And, you know, I was like, okay, it's almost lunch. I know you're hungry. And um, so we went to the bathroom. I think we went to wash your hands. I literally, and then I thought I could go out there, but it was right at the opening where, you know, the, the entranceway where people are coming in and stuff. And I said, 
I literally squatted on the ground and she's just kind of sitting on my lap. I'm breastfeeding in the bathroom and the lady is coming in and emptying the garbage and wiping down the counter. And so I'm like squatting on the, I did not sit on the ground. I wasn't touching the ground, but I'm still like low to the ground. And I'm like, Hey, sorry. And she's just laughing. And I'm like, Oh my God, why am I not out where there's maybe a chair or there's some other place, but it's just so ingrained in us that I'm, and I even, I do like the double shirt method, right? So you have the tank, the nursing tank top underneath and the shirt on top. So you really are not showing anything like your belly's fully covered and the shirt comes up and and it's just amazing, like how ingrained it is that I mean, you just don't do it. So people, and then it's perpetuating that it's awful. I know, but. And I've had, I've worked with people that are from Europe and they've, they're like in Europe, everyone just like wherever they were from, I can't remember. They're like there, we just breastfeed our babies. Like it's not a big deal. It's not sexualized. It's people not breastfeeding. It's normal. Yeah. And I remember when I was pregnant, I don't. Like I had a couple friends that just had babies, so they had been breastfeeding. So I was exposed to it, but it was weird. Like you almost feel like you can't look or I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just the way it's still seen here that it needs to be private, you know? And it, I think that it it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard then for, for us when we have our babies, because then we think we have to hide away too. And, and we don't know even what it looks like to breastfeed. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And when, and when they're, when they're really little, it's all about the latch and getting them just right. And then trying not to get back pain because they're so tiny, right. You just, like you gotta get them up to you, you know? And then when they get older, I remember with Solène, with my first, we would, I was, actually afraid like I was actually scared when I would go out if she would have to if she would fuss or something or she'd want a nurse because she would just like pull on my shirt and I remember there's so many times we would I would wait in the car or go back out to the car so I could have air conditioning but I could sit there because I was so afraid she was just gonna like pull off or expose something right now I don't have that same that feeling inside anymore but I still just out of habit We'll do it in a bathroom or do it somewhere, even if I don't have a seat where I'm kind of like turning away and, and uh, anyway, it's hard, hard to break the habit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I would love for you to share with our listeners, your top three myths or misconceptions that you hear from clients or that you see going around on social media. Um, I guess my first one is that it's normal for breastfeeding to hurt. Mm. And when I say breastfeeding, I'm also talking about pumping. Parents now choose to exclusively pump. And so the same goes for pumping. Pumping's breastfeeding. You're still supplying your baby with your milk. Mm-hmm. But there's this idea that it it should hurt. It's normal to hurt. Like I have sore nipples. It's just like this rite of passage. Yeah. And I'm like, where did this come from? You know, we are mammals, right? And it doesn't make, as a biologist, it doesn't make sense that biology would have us doing this thing to feed our babies that would be painful. Like it it shouldn't be painful to feed our babies. (laughs) So, and pain in general is our body's way of telling us that something's not right. Hey, pay attention. Something's not right. Um, So in the beginning, you know, there is some transient soreness and there's a difference between like having some soreness 
because all of a sudden your nipples being stretched, right? Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a vacuum. You should, it should feel like pulling and a vacuum. Um, and you might have some transient soreness, but if your nipples coming out looking like a lips or like white or bleeding, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that tells us something's, something's off, you know, it, it could be the latch. It could be, we have to shift positioning or it could be something more like your baby has a tongue tie. So, you know, these are all things a lactation consultant can look at with you and, and help you figure out. So it's not normal to have pain. Mm-hmm. Um, another myth is, and this is something that's kind of gotten perpetuated, I think on social media is we all see these pictures now of moms with huge freezer stashes. Mm. And this freezer stash has become a thing. And you don't need a huge freezer stash. Like, Mm. you know, some people feel it makes them feel safer, like in case there was an emergency or in case, you know, we have this idea that all of a sudden we're going to magically lose our milk supply. There's always a reason. If Mm. your supply starts to dip, there's a reason. Um, it's not normal for it to just all of a sudden your milk to dry out. So if that's happening, then you need to find support to help you figure out and get to the root cause. Um, I'm all about the root cause. Like there's always a reason for something. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I would like to deep, deep dive deeper and figure it out. Um, so freezer stashes, you don't need hundreds of ounces in your freezer. Mm, you don't good. need your freezer. You know, even if you're going back to work, really all you need is like to be safe a couple days worth. Hmm. Um, so it, it's our body likes to conserve energy and milk making is a high energy process. Like it takes our body a lot of energy. And I, you know, it actually takes more energy to make milk than to, to run our brain. So, you know, we don't like to waste. So your body's going to make as much as your baby needs. And so having all that extra in the freezer is just, I don't know, it's become this thing with pumping to have all this extra mm-hmm. and you don't need it. And, and some, you know, people that are just exclusively breastfeeding, you don't need to pump. So that's a, that's a myth. And I don't know where that kind of thing came, came about, but yeah. Um, and then breast, another myth is breastfeeding is all or nothing. So, you know, everybody makes their own choices, their own parenting choices, what's right for them. And just because I'm a lactation consultant, doesn't mean I'm anti-formula or anti-bottle feeding or anti-pumping, you know, I'm here to support, I support families that make all kinds of choices. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes you have to do a combination of both. If you're a working parent and you have to leave the house, you have to pump, you know, unless you can go bring your baby to you every two or three hours, it's a necessity. So sometimes it's going to look maybe different than you thought it would look but it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, it can be a little bit of breastfeeding. You can do combo feeding, you know, whatever's going to work for your family and your situation. That's great. That's absolutely great. 
And I guess what I'd just like, if there's any other final thoughts or advice that you'd have um, for anyone, I just, I really appreciate your time and everything that we've talked about so far. Are there any kind of parting, parting words you can think of? Um, I guess my biggest thing is don't wait to ask for help. And, you know, getting breastfeeding su support should be preventative medicine. So oh, love it. <laughs> You know, schedule a breastfeeding wellness visit, like after your baby comes, have somebody come out and just, Hey, how's it going? How's the latch look? What questions do you have? You're always going to have questions and they can give you the education. They can help you feel supported. They can be there when you need something, you know, cause something's always going to come up along your journey. Um, and if you're struggling, don't struggle alone. Don't wait to ask for help right. with breastfeeding, especially a lot of times if we can meet with you and get things solved, like right when they happen, it's easier than like, okay, we've gone four months now yeah. and you're still having pain or, you know, you've lost your milk supply. It, it's, it's going to be more work and harder to kind of figure out how to get us back on track. Right. So, you know, getting that help early can make a huge difference and just, you know, having that support. So. Yeah, I agree. And for me, it was that week out. It was, you know, things would seem to be going well until they weren't going well. And it's almost anxiety producing for me now to look back at pictures of her and there's that couple day span because I feel like, she just looked tiny. She looked like she lost weight. She, I mean, she did, but she was like skinnier and it, you know, it's, it was very, it's apparent to me now, but um, I'm just so, so grateful that you were there in my time of need. Absolutely. So how can people find you? How can they get in touch with you or reach out or if they'd like to work with you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at beyond earth collective. And then my website has, I have a blog and information on how to schedule and the type of services I offer. And that's uh, www.beyondbirthcollective.com. Or you can email me at Nicole at beyondbirthcollective.com. And I am in the Atlanta area, but I do virtual as well. So no matter where you are, we can meet virtually as well. And can you help people outside of Georgia or just within Georgia? Anywhere, even oh, really? in another country. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, because of our licensing. Because our license, we are internationally um, right. certified, so I could yeah. go work anywhere. That's amazing. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, excellent. I cannot thank you enough for your friendship, <laughs> selfishly, <laughs> um, but also your professional guidance and really just what you're doing for women in the world and for your time here today to share it with my listeners and um, everyone that, that gets to hear. So thank you. Thank, thank you. Take care. Bye. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, 
and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit courses.progressivepelviceducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.